Genesis to Malachi. And we are in Exodus chapter 26. Exodus chapter 26. Before we begin, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you for your word, every bit of it. We thank you how you, just like a tapestry, you uh, just join everything together, Lord, in your word. And Lord, how we see so much of Christ, Father, how much we see of Jesus Christ. In the very chapters we're reading this evening. And Lord Jesus, how much we need you. Every hour we need you, including this one. Pray that you fill us with the Spirit. You enlighten the eyes of our heart. Just open. Open our time up, Lord, and, sh- and show us. Show us your glory as you showed it to Moses. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so... As we are going through Exodus, uh, we have, the Israelites have been delivered from Egypt. It's been about a year since they came out. The Exodus 20 was the Ten Commandments. And Moses goes up to the top of Mount Sinai. And he is getting instructions from the Lord as to the law. Thank you. And in verse 25, the Lord begins, I mean, chapter 25, the Lord begins and he begins with the Ark of the Covenant. And actually, at the very beginning, he, uh, what he says is, look, you're going to take an offering and the offering is going to be of gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet, thread, fine linen, goat's hair, ramskin, dyed red, badger skins, acacia wood, oil, onyx stones, and, and, and gold. And that's what the tabernacle is going to be made of. And he starts with the Ark of the Covenant in verse 10 of chapter 25, the furnishings of the Ark of the Covenant, or rather of 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 the tabernacle, the the furnishings of the tabernacle, that's what he starts with. And in chapter 26, we go into the structure of the tabernacle. So he starts with the furnishings, the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, the uh, uh, table of showbread, the lampstand, the, the, the menorah, 
And now he is going, chapter 26, into the ark, rather into uh, not the furnishings, but where the furnishings, basically the, the structure around them. And so it says in chapter 26, Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine woven linen and blue, purple, and scarlet thread with artistic designs of cherubim. You shall weave them. The length of each curtain shall be 28 cubits and the width of each curtain, four cubits. And every one of the curtains shall have the same measurements. Five curtains shall be coupled to one another, and the other five curtains shall be coupled to one another. And you shall make loops of blue yarn on the edge of the curtain, on the selvage of one set, and likewise you shall do on the outer edge of the other curtain of the second set. Fifty loops you shall make in the one curtain, and fifty loops you shall make on the edge of the curtain that is on the end of the second set, that the loops may be clasped to one another, and you shall make 50 clasps of gold and couple with curtains uh, together with clasps so that it may be one tabernacle. And you shall make curtains of goat's hair to be a tent over the tabernacle. You shall make 11 <laughs> curtains. So the first set, uh, the, so, so you have a tabernacle and think of a frame, like the frame of a house. That is what the tabernacle is going to be uh, built with, and we'll get to that later, there's going to be boards, which is going to be the frame of the tabernacle, but um, he actually begins with the curtains which are going to line the walls in some way, and the curtains are going to be of fine linen. They are going to be with uh, white linen, but they are going to be uh, embroidered embroidered with blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and there's going to be angelic figures throughout. This is on the inside of the tabernacle. Remember, it's, uh, the tabernacle, what is it? It's a picture of heaven. And um, again, these plans revealed to Moses from the inside out from the inside out. It starts in previous chapter with the interior furniture, furnishings, and then he's, he's slowly he's working his way out and um, he works with you the same way. He's, he works with you. He, he changes us from the inside out. It's what he does. For Samuel says, man looks on the outer. God looks on the inner so each curtain here, verse 2, if you translate cubits into feet, each one of them 42 feet by 6 feet. Those are big old curtains. That's what they are. So over the linen, you have goat hair. A goat hair covering. It seems strange. Tabernacle can also translated or actually mentioned sometime in the next couple of chapters. It uses the word tent rather than uh, tabernacle. And there's a goat hair covering and that, and that would provide for needed insulation. Keep in mind this is out in the middle of incredible Middle Eastern heat. And it's all that gold in there. You don't want the gold to be 
melting. Um, there is some imagery with the goat, but we will uh, get to that uh, in a little bit. Let's continue. So there's the, the first the linen, and then there's a goat covering over that, over that. And then uh, it says in verse 8, the length of each curtain, talking about the goat hair curtain or the covering, shall be 30 cubits, and the width of each cubit, 4 cubits, and the 11 curtains shall all have the same measurement, and you shall couple 5 curtains by themselves, and 6 curtains by themselves, and you shall double over the 6 a curtain at the forefront of the tent. You shall make 50 loops on the edge of the curtain that is outermost in one set and 50 loops on the edge of the curtain of the second set. And you shall make 50 bronze clasps and put the clasps in the loop and couple the tent together that it may be one. The remnant that remains of the curtains on the tent, the half curtain that remains, shall hang over the back of the tabernacle. Verse 13, and a cubit on one side on one side and a cubit on the other side of what remains of the length of the curtains of the tent shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on this side and on that side to cover it. Translation, if you do all the measurements, the linen curtain comes down to about 18 inches above the ground. So I don't believe there's anything on the ground. So there's dirt on the ground. You got to keep that white linen clean. So it's 18 inches above the ground. The goat hair covering goes all the way to the ground. Verse 14, you shall also make a covering of ram skin. What is ram? It is a male lamb. You shall make a covering of ram skin, dyed red for the tent, and a covering of badger skin above that. So four coverings. Linen, over that is uh, the goat hair covering. Then you have a ram covering. And then you have, over that, you have the badger skins. And so... In verse 15, it says, And for the tabernacle, you shall make the boards of acacia wood standing upright. We talked about acacia wood. It's a very hard wood. It's able to, these acacia trees able to uh, withstand the heat uh, in the Middle Eastern sun. It's a very hard wood. It's, it's It's a wood that is, what's the right word? Highly resistant to disease. Last for years and years and years. It's not incorruptible, but you sort of get the, the point. And it's not, they're not steel boards, but they, they're, them be real boards. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 you know, real heavy, uh, this type of thing. They're made out of acacia wood. Verse 16, 10 cubits shall be the length of a board, and a cubit and a half shall be the width of each board. Two tenons shall be in each board for binding one to another, because remember, this has to be transported around the wilderness. It's going to be go from place to place as, as, as the cloud lifts up, which is the, sort of the Lord's visible presence and move, so did the Israelites moved, and all those Levites who were charged with taking care of the tabernacle would have to Basically, break down 
the tabernacle. So all you guys on breakdown, see, I'm telling you, you got a really holy job. Just think of yourself as Levites in the wilderness. And uh, they would take it to the next place. And these tenons here, essentially they're hooking the boards together. And you shall make the boards, verse 18, for the tabernacle, 20 boards for the south side. You shall, make, you shall make 40 sockets of silver under the 20 boards, two sockets under each of the boards for its two tenons. And for the second side of the tabernacle, the north side, there shall be 20 boards and the 40 sockets of silver, two sockets under each of the boards for the far side of the tabernacle westward you shall make six boards and you shall also make two boards for the two back corners of the tabernacle they shall be cup verse 24 they shall be coupled together at the bottom and they shall they shall be coupled together at the top by one ring thus it shall be for both of them they shall be for the two corners so there shall be eight boards with their sockets of silver 16 sockets two sockets under each of the boards and you shall make bars of acacia wood, five for the boards on one side of the tabernacle, five bars for the boards on the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars of the boards of the side of the tabernacle for the far side westward. Verse 28, the middle bar shall pass through the midst of the boards from the end to end. You shall overlay the boards with gold. You make their rings of gold as holders for the bars and overlay the bars with gold. So these Levites, I mean, these were real men. They were carrying around these boards with the wood of which is heavy enough. It's one of the heaviest woods there is, but they're covered with gold. So it would have taken really a couple guys really to take one board as they're going around the wilderness. And so what does all this look like? It is... Difficult to put together, really. And there are a number of different renditions. And of course, I'm going to show you some of these renditions, right? What would Sunday night be if we didn't put up some images on the projection screen? What's the use of the projection screen if we never use it? So we're going to use it tonight. So Dave, can you, can, let's just put up, let's just put up one of them. So... We're talking about these boards. And so the big question to me, because I, I sort of was poring over this chapter, it, you know, what is the breakdown between the gold boards and the curtains of blue and, and purple and scarlet? So here's one rendition here. So here, uh, you know, the furnishings, there's the Ark of the Covenant here. Uh, this is the most holy place here. Remember, that's one-third of the tabernacle. Two-third is the most holy place. The only thing in the uh, most holy place is what? The Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat, with the presence of the Lord over the mercy seat, the, the cherubim, the angels looking down at the mercy seat, and the presence of the Lord would really come here. There was a glow here that used to appear. Uh, only person ever allowed in the most holy place with the high priest, and then only once a year, after many baptisms and, and sacrifices for him, uh, himself. Of course, Jesus, and all this is a, pi- a picture of Jesus, a foreshadowing of Jesus, is our high priest. 
And, and the Bible says when he died that this veil, and the veil is right here, which separates the most holy place from the holy place, was torn in two. The Bible says that at Hebrews chapter 4, we can go right in. We don't need baptisms anymore. We're commanded to be baptized for different reasons, but not to go into the presence of God. We don't need animal sacrifices anymore because Jesus was sacrificed for us on the cross. And so this is the um, table. This is the table of showbread right here. I don't know if um, you all can see this. And um, this is uh, the lamp stand right there. And uh, what is this? What is that? The altar of incense, right, is right here. Thank you. And so with this particular rendition, they have these gold pillars, the boards, with sort of the, the, the tapestry behind it. And then the only thing that's fully a curtain that's unimpeded is the, is the veil between the most holy place and the holy place, and then the gate of the tabernacle here. But let's switch to another one, Dave. Some of these are a little cheesy, but uh, hey, they do the job. So this one's very different. It has, and it's possible that it's, it's, it's sort of like this with, with gold all around and then um, the, sort of the, the ceiling is more of the embroidery. Let's go to another one. Um, whoa, it's getting hot in here. Is that just because I'm jumping around up here? Or is someone else hot? Ritu has like five layers of clothes. You're, you're like the top of the, uh, of the tabernacle with four coverings. Um, is, that, is that badger skin? On, uh, 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 it's cashmere. Oh, it's cashmere. Uh, no, no, we wouldn't do that. More on that later. Um, uh, but anyway, so here's, here's a different rendition, you know, and then, and then one more. Can we, can we get the other one? So uh, we can't see this one uh, that well. Hey, Eddie, can you pull the light? I was hoping that the light could... The the colors here would come um, out a little more. This is the tabernacle. Not to be confused with the temple. Now, something like this, the temple was put into a permanent structure in Jerusalem. But this is 40 years in the wilderness. The thing I love about the tabernacle is that we're told we're sojourners, we're pilgrims. And, and, and it was like that in the wilderness. They didn't root themselves in anywhere. This is, isn't, you know, that much better here, but um, uh, this, this right here, okay, trivia. So is this the holy place or the most holy place? This is the holy place. Why do you say that? There's a curtain, why else? There's a lampstand, that's right. And what else? There's no Ark of the Covenant. And what else? There's multiple people in the room. It's not, it's not just, uh, it, there's priests. It's not just uh, the high priest. You'll be, you can't really see these guys real well, uh, but they're there. Um, is there another one? Ah, see, you don't really know, we, can, we don't really know from here what exactly the placement is of this is actually with the looks like with the veil open and and the most holy place here but we don't know exactly what the placement is of this these richly embroidered curtains which were the inner part 
Is that it, Dave? Okay, so here are the coverings on the outside. There is no cashmere uh, on this. There's no cashmere, but the fine linen uh, right here is on the inside. Then after, um, it's goat's hair, and after is ram skin, and then um, here is the badger skin. And so, it is absolutely is true that Jesus in the last chapter of the book of Luke took those two disciples on the road to Emmaus and he took them through a Bible study right through Moses and the prophets and the book of Moses would have included this and so there's typology throughout the Bible you know sometimes I think preachers have a tendency to read too much into some of the types and I'm going to go out on a limb here and just and, and suggest that because the tabernacle clearly is a picture of heaven, somehow we're going to go up to heaven. When we go to heaven, there's going to be something familiar about it because of what we learn in these two chapters. Never let anyone tell you you don't have to read the Old Testament. Never let anyone tell you that. It just so rich with imagery. Old Testament is uh, the New Testament concealed and it really brings the New Testament so much more to life. But the imagery here, um, the thought is, is you know, the, 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 the fine linen here uh, in the uh, book of Revelation represents the, uh, or the, 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 the saints who have been redeemed are covered with the wedding garments and um, it, 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 it represents just a redeemed redeemed man or God's redemption. Now the goats here, later on, we are going to read of the scapegoat where the high priest takes a, two goats. One of them is sacrificed, is killed in the blood um, is yours? It's, it's 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 sprinkled on the altar. But the other goat, the high priest puts his hand on it and he confesses the sins for the whole country. And he leads his, the goat out to a wilderness, and way way out into the wilderness, into a place where it can't go back. It can't come back. It had to go really 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 far. I mean, sometimes you put a cat or something. 20 miles away from its house and it shows up the next day. I mean, so, so you know, uh, uh, they had to go way out there. But the idea is, is it with, with the goat's hair um, is, is that, you know, this is, this is that part of man, the, the, the goat, the sacrificial goat that had the, had the, had the sins imputed to it. Now, on top of the goat's hair was what? The ram skin, a male lamb. And, and on top of some of that, there, there, was, there was the scarlet embedded in it, symbolizing the blood of Christ. And so it's, it's, it's the ram with some of the scarlet, with the, the blood which is covering the goat, which, remember, the goat had all the sin imputed to it. Now on top of that is 
the badger skin. It's the badger skin. So now you guys, a lot of you guys were here this morning. So you know where I'm going with that. So I don't plan this stuff. I said this this morning. I didn't plan it this morning. The first, we went through the book of John, chapter 1, verse 14 says, the word became flesh and what? Tabernacled among us, dwelt among us. The word for dwelt is the Greek word tabernacle. It's only used one other time in the New Testament. Well, it's the only time you see it is in one other place in the book of Revelations. It's used four times. Three of those times refers to God dwelling with us in the book of Revelation. And and book of John, no different. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Now Jesus, I'm sorry if I'm, for those of you who are here this morning, if I'm repeating myself, but it says in Isaiah 53 too, it says there was no beauty about him that we should be attracted to him. He was like an ordinary looking guy. So ordinary that the people in his hometown in Nazareth said, wait a second, this this guy, the son of God? No, I don't think so. He's a carpenter's son. We know his brothers and sisters. No, no, no. And they had contempt for him. In 1 Corinthians one twenty one, it says, this whole idea of this ordinary-looking guy being the Son of God and crucified was a stumbling block to the Jews. And foolishness to the Greek. Now, someone coming along in the wilderness here. I see this, this, this structure with a bunch of badger skin coverings. And I mean, it looks like a thatched hut in the wilderness. Now, I, I was going to say this morning, an Irish cottage. I happen to really like Irish cottages, but, you know, in Boston, man, you got to be, watch out, say something about an Irish person. You, you could be in big trouble. I mean, I love those Irish, Irish cottages, but they're real rustic looking. <laughs> you, guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, the Irish cottages with the thatched roofs. Well, if, if, if you're going in the wilderness, you're like, okay, yeah, what's that thing? I mean, yeah, it's not a real beautiful thing. There is no beauty in him that we should desire him. John chapter 1, verse 14, he tabernacled, he's looking, he tabernacled amongst, he was like the tabernacle. So from the outside, looks incredibly, incredibly ordinary. But in the inside, Dave, can you go back to the one with all the gold? If you go inside the tabernacle, a couple more, to the one with the gold, uh, solid goals, I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. Right? Yeah, you know, like this one. It was, so, so outside, badger skins, dirty brown badger skins. In the inside, just stunning beauty. Stunning beauty with walls of gold, with curtains embroidered with angels, all this angelic activity, the purple, the blue, the scarlet. And it, it, it was just an awesome sight. Can you imagine in just in the middle of the Sinai Peninsula walking in, of course you couldn't unless you were 
a priest, but just walking in and, and, and seeing that. But Jesus, it's, it's the same way. You can, you can flip the, the lights back on, Eddie. Jesus, it's the same way. He looked like an ordinary guy. There's nothing about him to attract us to him on the outside. But on the inside, was it says, of his fullness, we have received grace unto grace. It says that he was full on the inside of grace and truth. Full. Stunning beauty. Stunning power. Just the life on the inside. And so, uh, the imagery here, the wonderful, wonderful imagery, the foreshadowing. Jesus came and he tabernacled with us. Again, that word in John 1.14 says dwelt. You won't see except in a couple outlier translations. You won't see the word live. The word live, the Greek word zoa, used over 100 times in the New Testament. It's not what it was. Could have used the word live. It didn't. It said, no, it tabernacled with us. And, and so... Um, wow, just such a rich, rich foreshadowing. No doubt, Jesus on the road to Emmaus going through this chapter. Okay, what verse was I on? Anyone? Anyone remember? You shall overload the boards with gold. I think, I, I think that's where I was. Verse 30. And you shall raise up the tabernacle according to its pattern which you were shown on the mountain. You shall make a veil woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. It shall be woven with an artistic design of cherubim. You shall hang it upon the four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be gold upon four sockets of silver. And you shall hang the veil from the class. And you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy. You shall put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy. You shall set the table outside the veil and the lampstand across from the table on the side of the tabernacle towards the south. And you shall put the table on the north side. You shall make a screen for the door of the tabernacle, woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen, made by a weaver. And you shall make for the screen five pillars of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. Their hooks shall be gold, and you shall cast five sockets of bronze for them so there you have it the uh, the the tabernacle here and this whole picture this whole picture just of the very altar of God 
Uh, Josephus says that when the, by the time of, of, of Jesus, the veil was actually 18 inches thick, but it was torn. Right after Jesus was crucified, it was torn from top to bottom. So we have access to God. Uh, that in the Old Testament, people could only dream of. But all of this is just a picture of what was to come. And so in Exodus 27, it continues. Hey, Dave, was one of, one of those pictures, did we also have the courtyard around it? I can't even remember. Or, or was it all the... Okay, so around the, so around the tabernacle, uh, there is a courtyard. Inside the courtyard, there is a, we can see just the very end of it here. Um, of, uh, the, there's actually a gate around uh, the courtyard. But in front of it, I thought in one of, uh, one of them, you could see the, the altar or burnt offerings, but maybe not. But anyway, that's what, that's what they're going to get. Now we're going to go right outside the tabernacle. And we're going to see here what is um, right outside it within the courtyard. And that's verse 1 of chapter 27. You shall make an altar of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits wide. The altar shall be square and its height shall be three cubits. So that's seven and a half feet long by seven and a half feet wide by four and a half feet high. You shall make its horn on its four corners. Its horn shall be of one piece with it and you shall overlap it, overlay it with bronze. So this is where the offerings would be. But this is outside the tabernacle but within a courtyard. And the courtyard was enclosed by, by sort of a, a fence. We'll, we'll, we will get uh, to that uh, in a minute. But on this altar, this offering, uh, you would have the burnt offerings, the sin offerings, the peace offerings. Verse 3 says, And you shall make its pans to receive its ashes, and its shovels, and its basins, and its forks, and its fire pans. You shall make all its utensils of bronze. You shall make a great ford, a network of bronze, and on the network you shall make four bronze rings at its four corners. You shall put it under the rim of the altar beneath the network, maybe midway up the altar. And you shall make poles for the altar poles of the acacia wood and overlay them with bronze. So again, all of this is ready for transport. They were a pilgrim people. So are we. And First Peter says we are sojourners. We are temporary residents. We're pilgrims. And uh, so they made these poles. They could just pick up this altar and it was covered with bronze. <laughs> and, they, and, and they would just, uh, be, just go through uh, the wilderness um, with this. It's always to be carried not to be carried around by arcs, um, or rather on, like an ar on a cart, an ox cart or, or something 
like that. And so this is sort of an important picture here. So if we were to see, if we were to see this tabernacle, the tabernacle, if we're facing it from the front, there is going to be a narrow little door there covered with a veil, but right in front of that, you have this altar where the burnt offerings and the sin offerings were. All this is, remember, it, it, it says, Moses says, just as I tell you, you shall do. Now, wouldn't it have been a shame if, if someone said, well, I know that's what he told us to do, but God, we, can put the, we can put the altar maybe a little off to the side here. We don't want to block that beautiful veil in the doorway. Now, what's the problem with that? Is that they, they're not looking at it from God's perspective. So us looking back, we know that it's, it, it, it's representing something very, very important that you cannot have access to God. Man cannot have access to God except by and through the sacrifice of sin. Except through the sacrifice of sin. Man wants to approach God by ignoring sin. He wants to do that. We will see a couple of people trying to approach God in that way. And it's going to be, oh boy, it's going to, they're, they're going to get smoked. The fire of God is, 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 is just the judgment of God will be upon them literally. Sin must be confronted. It must be dealt with and forgiven. Exodus 17 verse 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Hebrews 9 verse 22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so to get to that door which went into the holy place, Sin first had to be dealt with. It's such a such a such an important point, and that's why I love in the, a couple of those passages passages that we read. God said to Moses, "Just as I told tell you, so you shall do." The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags before the Lord. Something's got to be done about that filthiness before we move into the presence of the Lord. You know, one of the wonderful things about going through the Old Testament like we go through is that it really gives you so much more appreciation for what Jesus has done for us. So much more appreciation. He took the wrath of God we're going to see examples, and we talked a couple of weeks ago about what happens a little later when someone tries to open up the ark, uh, the cover of the, of the ark of the covenant, or Uzzah tried to touch the ark. The judgment of God just proceeds from that. They opened up the ark of the covenant one time in Israel after the Philistines had returned, it had been stolen, and the Israelites got into a big mess. But but it, it, it broke out and. and 
and 50, 50 people were killed. One, one translation says 50,000. I'm like, wow. That's what Jesus, that's what he went through for us. Sometimes we wonder, why was Jesus sweating drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane? It wasn't because, oh no, I I'm not going to deal with all this pain on the cross. No. It's the wrath of God, being separated from God. We read this morning that he's in the bosom, face to face with the Father. He cries out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had never known separation. He had certainly never known wrath. So, But what Jesus went through for us. And so the... Um, And so the altar is, is made there. And then in verse 8 it says, you shall make it hollow with boards as it was shown you on the mountains so they shall make it. So the altar was not a solid block piece. It wasn't a solid block piece. It was... How tall was this altar? So if you look at the, at the beginning there in verse 1 of chapter 27, it's seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and four and a half feet high. And you had to put an ox, you know, you had to put oxen on this thing. And it had to be big. I mean, this is a big old sort of, you could say, barbecue type of thing, type of deal. And it had horns, verse 2, on the four corners. Why? That was to tie down the sacrifices, to, to tie them down before the, before the, uh, the sacrifice to, to get it into place. Verse 9, you shall also make the court of the tabernacle for the south side. There shall be hangings for the court made of fine woven linen 100 cubits long for one side and it's 20 pillars and their 20 sockets shall be bronze. The hooks of the pillars and their band shall be silver. Likewise along the length of the north side there shall be hangings 100 cubits long with its 20 pillars and their 20 sockets of bronze and the hooks of the pillars and their bands of silver. And along the width of the court of the west side shall be hangings of 50 cubits with their 10 pillars and their 10 sockets. The width of the court on the east side shall be 50 cubits. The hangings on one side of the gate shall be 15 cubits. So this is again, this is the gate surrounding the courtyard. Inside the courtyard is the tabernacle. Uh, so verse 15 again, on the other side shall be hangs of 15 cubits with their three pillars and their three sockets. For the gate of the court there shall be a screen 20 cubits long, woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen, made by a weaver. It shall have four pillars and four sockets. All the pillars around the court shall have bands of silver, their hooks shall be silver and their sockets of bronze. The length of the court shall be 100 cubits, the width 50 throughout, and the height 5 cubits, made of fine woven linen, 
and its sockets of bronze. And so uh, you have this fence on the north and the south. It's 150 feet long. On the east and the west, it was 75 feet long, but it's the gate is seven and a half feet high, so it's pretty, it's pretty high. You couldn't just get on your tippy toes unless you were one tall dude and, 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 and look over it, although from the outside you could certainly see the top of the, uh, of, of the tabernacle. And, and you have the fence all around with this, with this white linen, except for one thing, and that's the gate. And the gate, again, is, has all the color on it. It's got the blue and the purple, I believe, and, and, and the scarlet. Is that what we read? Yeah, in verse 16. Is that verse 16? Yeah, the gate. And the, and the gate was a narrow gate. The door was a narrow door. And we read this morning... Jesus in John chapter 10, verse 9, what? I am the door. And there was just one door. There were not multiple doors to this courtyard. There was one. There was not multiple doors to the tabernacle. There's one. So look, mankind, man, woman, the human race can complain until they're blue in the face. What do you mean there's just one way to God? What about the aborigines and this type of thing? But what's amazing is that there is even one way. Considering all our righteousnesses as filthy rags. Jesus says, I am the door. And so it's just that wonderful picture that the whole gate area is, is white linen, but the one is made out of fine linen of blue, purple, and scarlet. Scarlet representing the, uh, the blood of Christ, purple representing uh, the royalty and Jesus said, it says in, in, in John chapter 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And so it really is an important point that anyone could get through into the courtyard. But it's true that there was only one door. So, you know... We're going to read some, some examples later on on who becomes unclean and why, but there was a process to become clean. And, and, and there was access, but there was one door. Verse 19 says, All the utensils of the tabernacle for, for all its service, all its pegs, and all the pegs of the court shall be of bronze. Verse 20. And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil 
of pressed olives for the light to cause the lamp to burn continually. In the tabernacle of meeting outside the veil, which is before the testimony, Aaron and the sun shall tend it, meaning the lampstand, from evening until morning before the Lord, and it shall be a statute forever to their generations on behalf of the children of Israel. And so oil representing throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit. The, it's, and, and it says here, this menorah, the lampstand, it burned always, night and day. But it did say each day, that the priest had to tend it. It doesn't make any sense in the Bible for a Christian to say, hmm, I wonder if the, I still have the Holy Spirit. I wonder if you like he is still in me. It doesn't make any sense. Once you're born again, you can't be unborn no more than a human being, once they're born, can be unborn. It's done. But what you can do is you can stop tending the lampstand. And, you know, when that happens, you know, when you're not tending the lampstand, the oil is burning real weak. The, the, the lampstand's burning really, really weak. And we need to be tending it every day. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me, and I in you, and you will bear much fruit. If we're not tending the lampstand, if we're not in the Word each day, in prayer, and I don't say this to condemn anybody, I speak this to my own heart. It's going to affect the blaze of the lampstand. But thank God, it's, we read in Ephesians chapter 1, we finished our study, that, that we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit's ever going to leave. But we need to tend to it each day. And so that wonderful picture of the lamp never uh, going out and... Uh, it says, and, and Aaron and his sons shall tend it from evening until morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever to their generations on behalf of the children of Israel. Okay, so we will pick up next Sunday night in chapter 28. So 